We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Remotely again. No longer in the studio. He wanted to stay. He stayed Saturday. He stayed Sunday. And then Monday morning, I was like, hey, you got to get out of here. Yeah, my wife told me I had to come home. Yeah, so Martin's back home. So we'll talk to uh, we'll get, we'll get his thoughts on We'll talk about a few things. We're going to keep the show uh, short today. Martin's got a hard out. I'm running a little late. I've got some stuff going on. So we'll keep it nice and tight. We'll talk about a few things that's in the news. And then uh, we'll plan to get back back at it fully uh, next week, perhaps. Um, anyway, I'm in the Clark Ford Studios, just for aforementioned Clark Ford Studios, 662-257-1900 is that number. Call it for Corey Clark. Just tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. He's been on the show before. You guys know this. He wants to make sure you don't get uh, hurt in a bad car deal. So get in touch with him. Uh, even tell him you heard about him on Mind on Money and you wanted to get his thoughts on um, – a vehicle purchase that maybe you're thinking about that doesn't even involve Ford. Believe it or not, Corey will will help you, and he will give you a uh, an informed, unbiased opinion. 662-257-1900. And, Martin, before we uh, get rolling, tell people what's going on at Pinnacle and how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, man. Um, we are – we've well, we've uh, we've had a busy, busy past – well, this week has been really busy with client meetings. Um, you know, a lot of tax time – gets a little crazy for us not that we prepare taxes or anything like that but most of our clients most of our clients are you know business owners or you know high income earners so most folks are having to write checks to the IRS and a lot of times you know their savings they'll pull from what they have in cash in the banks and then we'll supplement from from uh from investment accounts here so that's kind of you know I told you pre-show it's been it's been kind of a a busy week, so busy I haven't really had much time to keep up with what's going on in the world around me, which is I guess sometimes uh sometimes nice, but we are beyond you know tax day, but for me and probably 
you, Neil, and maybe other business owners that are out there who have filed extensions. Um, we are not out of the out of the woods yet, uh, but so things are kind of getting back to a normal a little bit. We've actually had, you know, good good client meetings this week. Um, you know, investments seem to be, you know, have rebounded. I have no, I don't want to, you know, be the kiss of death here. Uh, but it's really kind of the more and more we get away from uh, from from October, it's kind of looking like the bottom got got set in um, in October. Even with you know a looming recession on the on the horizon, usually stocks and the stock market is a bit of a leading indicator. So you know it'll make its moves before things happen. Um, you know, and if we keep kind of in a positive upward trajectory, not that we won't have recession, you know, the end of the year. Um, but the market priced in a pretty big recession last year. And that's why people's portfolios were, were down significantly too. So, you know, I guess I'm being, I'm going to say wishful, hopeful thinking that, uh, you know, that we've got our bottom in and stocks that we're slowly, you know, clawing our way out of that. And, you know, people's bond portfolios are looking good, man. It's, uh, we're, I'm not ready to pull the trigger on going full into full bore into uh, my core bonds, but man, I just keep getting closer and closer to it. Uh, it's funny. One of the guys that we're, we had a meeting with today, um, he's an executive of an insurance company, like a large insurance company. And uh, we were walking through our stuff and he told me at the end of the meeting, he's like, well, uh, you know, our investment committee, which is made up of really sophisticated people. He's like our investment committee and what, and what you're saying are on par you know, toe and toe. And I was like, man, that makes me feel good that, you know, huge institutions with really, really, you know, hundreds of really, really intelligent uh, people uh, are saying the same thing that, that I'm seeing and saying. So it's, I guess I'm not crazy, which also should be maybe a little bit, uh, well, maybe I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy in, in, in the investment realm. So, uh, you know, I think that's uh should be comforting to our clients that, uh, you know, that, that huge, huge portfolios, for institutions and our portfolios are very uh, forward looking and, and, and seeing things the same. So um, it was kind of, that was a cool little, a cool experience this morning, man. Uh, and I know I just kind of went off on a tangent, um, but you're going saying all that to say, we did talk about, uh, you know, we think recession probably mild back into the year or beginning of next year. And we'll wait and see what the fed does, man. So that, uh, you know, when we have client meetings, we are monitoring. We're we're making sure we're on track for retirement, and we do and we do talk about how how the investments, you know, impact folks' lives, their daily daily lives, their portfolios. Uh, so we're kind of getting back to normal, man. That was a really long way to say what's going on at Pinnacle. We're getting back to normal. Thank God. But yeah, for and sure. I'll shut up. Normal is always good. No, you're good. A uh, couple of uh, you're a big Disney guy. Uh, yep. You uh, you were in here the, the other day. The House of Mouse. Yeah, House of Mouse. Those the two nights that you you stayed at the house, you refused to leave the the studio. You had the two TVs in here. You kept watching one Disney show after another. It was kind of I weird, know kind of weird, but you know whatever. Mandalorian hey. on Mandalorian on one, uh, Moana on the other. Yeah, yes. I mean, <laughs> whatever. People yeah. are probably really going to think this <laughs> this really happened. They're like this guy's off his rocker. It didn't um, really happen. Uh, as you know, a couple of uh, Floridians. Our, uh, one has declared for the presidency. One is uh, certainly appears to be considering it strongly. The one who's declared is Donald Trump. The one who's considering it strongly is the current governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. And uh, Ronnie D, Ronnie as, D. I, as I called him, has a uh, has a tiff 
with uh, with with Disney that uh, been it's going a small one. Been going for a little while. Um, it's a small one. He championed legislation revoking special self-governing privileges that provided favorable tax and regulatory treatment for Disney World that other companies don't enjoy. Right. The move was a response to Disney's um, decision to attack Florida's so-called "Don't Say Gay" law, a law that does not say the word "gay" in it. Um, as the governor um, wrote in February, Florida's Parental Rights in Education Act uh, limits classroom instruction on sexuality and gender ideology in grades K through three, and requires that sex instruction in other grades be age appropriate. So that's kind of what all this is about, and. Uh, Disney fought back uh, quite a bit, uh, including announcing that it will host the largest LGBTQ plus conference in the world at its Orlando result. Um, and DeSantis is escalating this feud, threatening to set up a rival state amusement park or even a prison next to the Magic Kingdom. Uh, Donald Trump sided with Disney, which is interesting because politically, Trump would be better off taking DeSantis's side, sort of, or maybe meeting in the middle. But he he sided with Disney in large part, I'm guessing, because Disney has always been a pretty big supporter uh, monetarily of uh, Mr. Trump's political campaigns. Yeah, and I also kind of wonder if that is a bit of a you know a knock at at DeSantis uh, to say that. And then also, is that Trump trying to win the hearts of some of the middle that may, may say that uh, DeSantis went too far uh, with this? Do you think, you think that's maybe some of the strategy that he could be thinking? I mean, I know we're opining, but you know, it's possible as this editorial says, Mr. Trump these days attacks Republicans more than Democrats. On Tuesday, he trashed his former chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, as a, quote, born loser and, quote, perhaps the dumbest person, along with John Bolton, working at the White House, end quote. Wow. <laughs> Yet he's the one that appointed them. <laughs> he hired him. <laughs> you, you, you hired them. I mean, the Trump rhetoric is so -conven unconventional. <laughs> I, you know, I, I would think that if you read some of this stuff and you said, what show wrote this? I would say that's SNL. <laughs> yeah, it's just comedy. He's a born loser. But it's not. Like, he's this, he's for real. <laughs> the dumbest person, along with John Bolton. John, John Bolton's <laughs> like, whoa, what I do to get in this? Hold up. <laughs> uh, working at the White House. I don't know. Yeah, the whole and the whole Disney thing is a bit interesting to me. Because it is true that, I mean, Disney definitely has enjoyed an environment that uh, that no other public employer, not public, no other employer gets to enjoy. I mean, because they kind of get to set their own rules. Um, you know, they get to do things the way they want to do them. They self-govern. Um, you know, it is, and I, I kind of wonder if they lose, if they lose that ability, you know, what's the impact going to be on employment? Is there you know, do, do they have to follow, you know, different employment laws? And and I don't know this. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm saying this in a question form, uh, you know, on the, on the show is like, do they have different employment laws that they end up having to follow? Uh, you know, are they do it? Does it, does it make them, 
you know, be able to, I guess, does it increase costs of payroll? Does it, I mean, obviously the tax, the taxes would increase. Um, they would not have control over that, but they do a lot of their own stuff that tax money would pay for anyway, like your roads and fire departments, um, you know, uh, police department, they have, they have, they manage all of that on their own, but I guess they're not paying into a state retirement plan for, well, I'm just assuming, I don't know this. They're probably not paying into a state retirement plan for, you know, for their police officers or, and I don't know if the, if the Rady Creek, uh, fire department is considered, a you know, like PERS eligible. It's kind of interesting stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I don't either, but it is weird. Um, you know, it is kind of weird that they have, well, I'll say weird. I mean, good for, good for, uh, Roy Disney to set all that stuff up, you know, and, and, and then it'd be continued by, you know, Eisner, Iger, JPEG probably is going to be the one that is going to be the fall guy for this because it started under his reign. But Iger's back in, you know, and Iger seems to be a little bit more of a level-headed guy. And I don't know. I mean, Chapek originally did not want to get into this political fight with DeSantis. And he kind of got bullied by his, I'm not going to say bullied, but he kind of got bullied by his, uh, you know, by the staff members of Disney saying, hey, you have to speak up for us and and talk for us. And And it's, you know, it's kind of been one of those things that's like, you know, he tapped the largest guy in the bar on the shoulder and punched him in the face and, you know, stunned him a little bit. But now this dude's probably about to whip his ass. And, you know, that's kind of the analogy that I look at is, was it really worth picking the fight in the end? And I think the answer is going to be no. I think they're going to really regret. And, you know, and I wonder if he if they look at future staff members who say, hey, we want you to be politically active for us. And they go, no. Do you remember what happened last time that? We did this shit. We're staying out of politics as a corporation. I'm surprised more corporations aren't staying out of politics. Um, I mean, it's another Trump story. Donald Trump Jr. was telling people don't because they're, you know, they, they, they've been in bed with Anheuser-Busch over the years. Told them, hey, don't, don't, uh, don't, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Don't boycott. Bud Light, you know, don't, don't, don't do it. And, and a lot of people on the right are like, oh, hell yeah, we're boycotting Bud Light. And you know, people at Bud Light are like, why the hell did we even get into this? Like, we just could have oh, just yeah. stuck with the plane. Everybody knew our blue can. They bought our beer. They were loyal to us. Why didn't we just stay out of all of it? We didn't have to come out as, oh, yeah, we, didn't, even- we didn't need, I mean, I would be the guy in the room at Bud Light going, can I ask a question? Why are we taking a political stand one way or the other on on this topic? Why? What's what is in it for us? Right. Yeah, I mean the upside. Well, in their in this case, it looks like the downside has way more uh, risk than the upside has reward in this situation. Yeah, and I don't doubt. Uh, I don't doubt for a minute that Budweiser, Bud Light will recover because people's attention spans are short. Yeah, like goldfish. And, and to pe- quote our man Ted Lasso, yeah, and people will, people will go back to drinking Bud Light after a while because that's what they drank. But you didn't have to do this. This was completely unavoidable. It was completely unavoidable. 
You could have right. all one person had to say is no, we don't need to do that on the can. That's that's not going to go well. And when someone said, "Well, we we have DEI initiatives." Yeah, but that's 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 a bridge too far. We don't need to do that. That And when someone says, "Are you saying you're against?" No, I'm saying that our our core customer who it, it should really matter to us. Our core customer doesn't want that. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of deaf tone deaf for Bud Light. Cause when you think about, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, you know, cast uh, generalizations here, but w- when you think about when, I, when you say Bud Light and you think about the person that has a Bud Light in their hand, I do not think about like a really trendy 20 year old with the mustachio, uh, you know, graces and, you know, cool rimmed glasses and jeans rolled up to their ankles and boots. That's not who drinks Bud Lights. Those dudes are drinking, you know, 12% IPAs that are double-breasted, bur- bourbon-barreled, you know, butter squash. I don't know, whatever the hell they do with hey, all this hey, really cool craft hey, beer. Hey, whoa, don't make fun of craft beer. You, you stop right now. You take that stop. back. You take No, but you're right. I will not take that back. You're, but, you're, yeah, but your point is, is right, right? It's kind of Bubba. Bubba is Bud Light, right? I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I mean, in general, I mean, all stereotypes, A, are stereotypical, and B, exist because they're fundamentally somewhat accurate. Yeah, right. I mean, I think you you tell me Bud Light, and I think. Southeast. I kind of think the the, the guy who has a blue-collar job, and there's not a damn thing wrong with blue-collar jobs. I'm glad people do. I agree with that. Right, right, right. I, I You're think, talking about middle America. I'm talking about, yeah, middle America, the blue-collar job, the guy that works from, from 8 to 5, and he gets off at 5 o'clock, and he, he goes home, and he opens a Bud Light, and he's kind of looked forward to that Bud Light. The last two yeah. or three hours of his shift, he was like, boy, I tell you what, that beer's going to be nice and cold. It'll be nice and cold. I'm going to have me a cold beer, and, 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 and I'll figure it out the rest of my night from there. Maybe I'm, I'm going to... Maybe I'm going to, you know, uh, Johnny's T-ball game. But when I get back tonight, boy, I'm going to pop a cold Bud Light. I'm going to have a cold beer. I'm going to light the grill. And then, hey, and those those are salt-of-the-earth people, but that's, those are their people. And right. when, when, you, when you throw politics in their face in the form of putting. Yes, it's very off-putting. Every time yeah. I hear the word off-putting, I think what about. think about pudding. Well, I think like about jello pudding. Do you ever watch Between Two Ferns? It's a oh my Zach, god, absolutely. Is that Galifianakis? <laughs> he had, um, I think it was Charlize Theron. We could go on a whole thing about <laughs> Between Two Ferns. I'm I'm fascinated by that show. I think it was Charlize Theron that was his guest, and and that was my hall pass. She was my when I was in my twenties. We talked about this on yeah, Kathy Ireland. Oh man, we we're Char- right, anyway, Char- Charlize Theron. Mm. Yep, Devil's yeah. Advocate, Charlize oh. Theron. Anyway, she I think it's right. her. Maybe it's some it, it, it's a it's a very attractive female actress says you should be he said something about that's off putting and, and she says you should be off putting. You should be off putting. Be, because you're fat. <laughs> because you're fat. <laughs> oh, it's every I time love. I hear the word off putting, I think off putting. Off you should be off putting. You should be off putting. Stop eating pudding, Zach Galifianakis. Yes. Because Zach is a big fan of this show too. Because you're fat. He's a fan of our show. Yeah, I'm sure. A fan of our show. Yeah, he is. He loves our show. <laughs> Zach, you. He called me the other day and he told me that he really wants to meet you. Well, I would love to meet Zach Galifianakis. He's he's outstanding. We'd have a great time. Oh, he's he's a creative genius. Yeah, I'll just well, Zach, the Hangover just, movies. Obviously, since you're listening, um, just text me when you want to come on the show. The Hangover movies are 
just phenomenal. They make me they make me happy. Yes. Yes. And even I, the I'm, even the bad ones. The- I'm I'm uh I'm ashamed to say that that during my high school college years, uh there were many hangover type nights that that happened in my crew. I'm just glad that they were never caught on video. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, there's yep. there's stuff from. I, that's one bad thing about the kids today is that everything's on video. Like, oh, dude, and people absolutely. go, "Well, they they're so stupid." I'm like, "You were stupid too. It just wasn't on video." Yeah, I was. Oh, yeah, I was. I mean, I was really stupid at that age. Yes, and yes. I'm so glad it's not on video. Right, I might be. I would probably be unemployable if half the stuff I did was. It's one of my pet peeves. On. It's one of my pet peeves is when they go back and they they try to cancel somebody based on something that he tweeted or put on Instagram when he was 14. I'm like, no, 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 that's, that should be off limits. I I find that off putting because off putting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I don't even remember what we were talking about before we started talking about between two firms. I don't either. Isn't that funny? No idea what we were talking about. Hey, did you see where, uh, Elon Musk, uh, company SpaceX, they, they, the, the, they had a test flight today. They're launching. It was an uncrewed flight. They're they're trying to come up with a rocket that can um, like get to Mars, right? I think like I think it's human to I think Mars it's to carry Mars. humans to Mars. They they apparently have a long way to go. Yep. Uh, the inaugural flight of the vehicle uh, that Musk wants to use one day to pioneer deep space missions it uh, basically blew up shortly after takeoff this morning. Well, I know that there was um they had canceled that launch. There was supposed to, it was supposed to be uh a couple of days ago or something, wasn't it? And yeah. Maybe it, it got canceled cuz there was a technical issue or or uh Yeah, and, you know, and I tell you, and Musk you has been watched, and have Musk you ever has, watched a launch. Yeah, I have. Not in person, but I mean I've watched on television and stuff. I've never been in person. I've told it's amazing. Musk has been telling people uh, at the site in Brownsville, Texas, he has been telling people, "Hey, look, this is going to be complicated." He goes, "We're we're going to be pretty careful about this launch. If it if it does go wrong, it's it's a lot to go wrong." And and he he was explaining that that there was there was a lot that could could very easily go wrong on this SpaceX Starship, three hundred ninety four feet long. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so that's a football field and a third. It's The space shuttle, for comparison, is 184 
feet long. Did they say what happened uh, in the, was it like an ignition, a gas ignition, or I say gas, fuel, because I don't think they probably use gasoline. Um, um, was it like a fuel ignition issue or? I'm looking to see. Dude, he's going to get to Mars, man. I have I have full faith that this dude, and that's what I love about the rocket like began American to sp- entrepreneurship and ingenuity is, is people literally can go to the moon, one, if they have enough money, uh, but two, you know, you just got to be crazy enough to do it. And it's funny that here, here we go. Private industry is actually going to do this shit before the government does. I mean, let this be a lesson or a playbook to the government. Hey, why don't we, I mean, I realize you can't privatize everything. There's probably some things that maybe it makes sense to have a public private uh, partnership to get things done and let bureaucracy and red tape get out of the way. Like taxes would be wonderful if we could have someone do a public private uh, tax agency. What would that look like? I'd say we fire uh, all the all the public folks out of that out of that uh, agency, and then just put a, a flat tax with consumption. Be done. Oh, I, I've told you I'd sign up <laughs> like that. I mean, what, the the way that I think we said this last week, so we won't belabor the point. But the way the tax code is currently written, as complicated as it is the amount that people are taxed, the amount that companies, small companies especially, are taxed. I think it's insane. Um, I, I, I think it's way too complicated. And the conspiracy theorist in me begins to think that it's intentionally punitive to people who are independent. Uh, there's a part of me that wonders if it's subconsciously the, the, the government wants people to be either be a dependent on the government or be dependent on corporate America. That way they're, they're less likely to be able to express thought independently. That's, that's, that's a conspiracy that I have in my mind that, that I'll admit is a conspiracy, but I begin to, (laughs) I begin to wonder if there's some truth to it because a lot of the conspiracies here lately have proven to be, well, some of them have been true somewhat, right? If not completely yep. right, I hope yeah, that's not you know, the case. I think I, when you get a when you get a whole population dependent on the government, though, I mean that's if the ultimate goal is to look like Cuba, and I'll trash talk my my uh, my island of origin. If there's a if there's the goal is to look like Cuba, um, then then yeah, make 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 it to where everyone is fully dependent on the government for. For all their needs. Uh, I just, I mean, I love Cuba as a country. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, scenery is beautiful. The beaches are beautiful. The culture is, is beautiful. Uh, and that's where the, the beauty just about ends, man. I mean, I would not want to be, I would not want to live uh, in in the Cuban economy or under, you know, under those conditions. I just... I just think uh, when we when we're fully dependent on someone else, whether it's a corporation or a or a, you know or a government, we that's we are giving up our our rights and freedoms. Yeah, of of course. No, thank you. And like I was saying a minute ago, I I don't want to believe that the government is quote out to get in quote 
regular Americans. And, I, and at the end of the day, I don't think that's the case. I just think we have allowed the tax code to become too complicated. We've allowed it to become too immense. We have an inability as a society to say, well, we're, we're certainly hung up on, I think the word is equity right now, kind of obsessed with that word. And everyone's not the same. People have different yeah. People different, have different strengths, strengths different and talents. talents, and some people simply are going to be more successful than others. Yep. It's always been that way. Well, and I mean, I think that the folks who are, quote, unquote, more successful than others uh, have a bit larger appetite for risk, and um, people only really see the success stories, right? You don't, you don't really hear much about the folks who had a large risk appetite in business and failed and never made it. Uh, you know, no one talks about those and there's probably, you know, uh, a whole lot more of those than there are the, the ones that, that made it. And, and then there are people who are perfectly fine saying, Hey, I'm not willing to take risk. I'm very happy to, you know, uh, show up and do a task and do a job and, you know, work from eight to five. And, um, I contribute no more. I get what I get and I'm content with that go home, be home on the weekends, home every night. I don't have the stress of running a business, of paying taxes, of, you know, doing all that stuff. And that's fine. That's, I think there has to be, all those people have to exist. It's kind of like a, I mean, a baseball team, man. You got to have a pitcher, first, second, short, third, catcher, outfielders. They can't all be catchers. Got to have variety. Yes. The game's very boring if the whole, if everyone's catchers. Well, I mean, here's an example. I mean, you mentioned baseball, uh, the Oakland A's ownership has announced that they're moving to Las Vegas. They're hoping to build a new stadium and be there by the 2027 season. Wow. What does that tell you? It tells you that baseball in Oakland wasn't working anymore. Sure. And that baseball in Las Vegas, they believe will work. Um, football in Las Vegas works. Hockey, yeah. hockey in Las Vegas works, which is fascinating to me, um, but it does. Hockey, I was there hockey in the desert. I went to a game and it, it's, it's, uh, it's wildly successful. They have a huge fan base. That, that is awesome. mostly locals, um, you know, and everything Vegas is not strip clubs and, and, and casinos. There's more to Vegas. There, there certainly are strip clubs and casinos in Vegas. Don't get me wrong. Lots of them. But not everything there is that. So, you know, I mean, and yet, so the ownership is going to take a chance, right, in, in, in Vegas. And maybe it will be wildly successful with Major League Baseball there. Maybe it will flop. I, I mean, obviously, they're going to have to build a stadium with a retractable roof because you, you can't play – can't play games sure in the middle of the day in July in, in, in Las Vegas, you know, it'd just be too hot for the players. But, um, yeah, I, yeah, life's about risk, how much you take and, and, and whether the risk is, is, uh, how you, how you mitigate that risk and, and, um, decisions, I guess that's what it kind of comes down to. Decisions have consequences and, and things of that nature. And I don't know, it's a long, we're getting, I'm, I'm getting off, off the thing. I just think, I just think we've made taxes too complicated. I think we've made taxes too punitive. I don't think taxes were meant to be punitive. I mean, yeah, obviously, too they, many promises to to too many different people or yes. organizations, and then we get to the end of the paycheck, and we're like, "Well, crap, we have, we still all have all these things we have to fund." Well, the only way to do it is make more money. Well, the only way the government makes more money is levy more taxes. Yeah, it's kind of like the irresponsible spender, you know, in your house. 
It's like, dude, no, there's, there is two ways to balance things out. Yes. One of them is make more money. And, and some people that is the, what they do. They say, Hey, I'm unwilling to trim my lifestyle. Uh, so I just got to go make more money and they work, you know, they're, they either have a job where their income's not capped or they have multiple jobs. And then there's the people that say, Hey, I'm, I have, I'm, I'm not going to make more money. So I just got to trim, I got to trim my spending. Those are the only two options. But our government is not the trim the spending uh, option. They're just making more money. Yeah. House Republicans unveil bill, un- unveil bill to raise debt ceiling, cut spending. That won't, that'll get vetoed. Now, if I'm the House, if I'm the Republicans, I get, I want that passed in the House so that yep. it, it fails in the Senate and I can blame the Democratic Senate on it. I, I, yep. I want to be able to blame Democrats for the spending. So Correct. that's smart on, on their part. Um, I'm just looking at uh, home sales. So home, sa- home, sales home sales Parker fell ahead. in March as rates weighed on market. U.S. existing home sales, yep. which make up most of the housing market, fell 2.4% in March from the prior month to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of $4.44 million. Not surprised. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, things are slowing down. You know, the turnover, you know, our days on the market are getting longer for houses. Uh, you know, and it's just harder to buy. I not say harder, just more expensive to buy the same house, you know, same square footage of a house. But you're still going to have people that move. You're going to have divorces. You're going to have deaths. You're going to have things that happen that cause people to, you know, have to sell or need to buy. Um, you know, a home that's not going to, that won't quote unquote slow down per se, but I think demand is slowing down. We just, you're kind of seeing that in inflation, inflation numbers are rolling over, um, a little bit. So, and that's good, uh, for us. I know that I think inflation will be stickier than, than they're, than they're saying. I think it'll persist for, for a little while longer than, than, uh, than, than our govy is forecasting. Not at a 9% rate, but at above two. Yeah, I do too. I, I don't think there's any question. I think it's going. It should be a a major topic in in the 2024 election cycle, not just at the presidential level, but at the local state levels. It should it should absolutely be something that that is discussed. Whether it will or will or won't, I don't know. It's I, I think it's why you see the Democrats so eager for Trump to be the nominee. They know that if Trump's the nominee, the whole news cycle is about Trump. Everything is Trump, yep. Trump, 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 and and it, it it's a it's great for ratings, and and b it keeps a lot of the other stuff off the off the front line. If it's a more boring candidate, even if it's our, our guy Ronnie D, um, a more boring candidate, we end up talking about issues, and issues are not favorable to the, the party in, in power right now. True fact, you know it, it is kind of interesting too. You and I've learned a whole lot from you about politics too and the strategy behind politics and it, it really is one of the more fascinating things to study uh political strategy and there are a real a lot of really really smart people that work in politics and strategize with politics and i kind of wonder if all those brains that are that are that are brilliant strategists if they were in the private sector in the business world i mean we could we could be a an even stronger powerhouse economy. Um, but, you know, I realize people, uh, people feel calling politics too, and that's, that's cool. Got to have them. I just do not have that urge whatsoever. 
I think to stay married also, I, I would have to stay out of politics. Yeah. If, if, if I had a do over, I I may have been, I would have enjoyed being part of political campaigns. I think, I think I would have, I think I would have really enjoyed it. I, I find it, I find the political game to be quite fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And that is what it is. It is a game for sure. Of course. For sure. Uh, we told y'all it'd be a short show. So uh, we, we, as, as promised, we, we'll keep it tight. Martin's got to, uh, got to head out here uh, for a, a minute. We'll come back next week. We'll try to take a look at some of the. Um, Maybe we'll have a, a heavier news cycle next week too. Yeah. Give it, give it, give it time. The news cycle moves pretty quick these days. So uh, Martin, any last thing before we go about how people can get in touch with you guys? Man. Um, Best two ways to get in touch with us, either shoot us an email, uh, info at mypinnwealth.com. Uh, old-fashioned telephone works great, too, man. Uh, 601-957-0323. All right. So uh, for Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Until next time, have a great weekend. Thanks for making us a part of your week. And we'll be back next week with another edition of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle. Until then, take care.